Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode I speak with Matthew Pearson, who's a financial advisor. And we have what could be argued quite a difficult conversation, uh, not between ourselves, but something that might be difficult for people to hear, uh, because we are talking about what we need to do to make sure that our family and the people that we love are protected uh, should the worst happen to us. And it's a conversation we don't, often don't like having or hearing about, but it's actually incredibly important. Beyond this conversation, I'd like to remind you that every Monday morning I run a business and personal support group called uh, Strive, uh, which uh, means survive and thrive. Uh, but I couldn't say survive and thrive. I kept messing it up and it became Strive. Um, uh, so that runs, that's completely free, runs every morning at 9.30. So if you want to find out about that, then uh, just go to my website, uh, businessenjoyment.com forward slash events and uh, find out more about it there. Uh, otherwise, uh, sit back, uh, listen to a conversation with Matthew, uh, take serious note of the conversation that we have and think really seriously about it. Uh, but most of all, enjoy. Hello, my name is Matthew Pearson. Um, I run Pearson Financial Services. We provide uh, mortgage advice, protection and will writing and also pension reviews. I start from a standing start. I start from a zero client bank. Mm. And just went, right, I'm going to self-employed. I'm going to create the business. I'm going to do it because it's going to benefit the family um, and help me. I had a brokerage before, but I had, I had cancer uh, seven years ago. Right. I was 20. I had, I had leukemia when I was 29. Wow. And then I had the chemotherapy. I beat it, but they still recommended a transplant. So then I had to have a bone marrow transplant, which effectively ruined that business. Cost me about, mainly because I didn't ask for help, but it cost me about 35 grand worth of debt. Um, and put me in quite a bad place, to be honest with you. So then I went, I had to go back corporate world and it just doesn't suit. Um, went to a brokerage that I found very unethical because they used to just concentrate on debt con. Their standard broker fee was £2,000. Um, but they rolled it all in with the loan. And when you were seeing people that were, could be classed as vulnerable, they didn't care because they just saw their monthly payment. So they didn't see them physically having to pay any money out. And if you were cutting someone's bills from 400 to 100 pound a month, they're off at moon. Yeah. But how they worked, it was very unethical and it, it, it went against my grain. So someone that's bad with money and in a bad financial position, we're going to charge them 2,000 pounds? Yeah, really? not right, is it? No. So um, what, what did you learn going through that in terms of what you now apply so at, that point, stuff. at that point, I was personally trying to set the stuff up with the FCA mm -hmm. and paperwork and admin style stuff. It's just not me. So I'm having all these documents from the FCA about sort of background checks and like getting all your history to the day with who you've done, what you've done, your financials. And I just didn't have the brain space for anything else. I got a £100,000 quote for life and critical illness already quoted on my desk, literally, it sounds cheesy, but on my desk. And I can remember, not the exact day, but I can remember the day, but I can remember the day. And I thought, you know, I just got a load of more stuff from the FCA and I thought, you know what? 
I need to sort this out first. And then once I've done this, I'll put that in place. And that day never came. Mm. So it was sat quartered on my desk. Um, and it is, a, it just, it, that day never came. But, and for me, that's in the trade, it's like a garden having an overgrown garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a chef living off microwave meals. It's, it's just, if anybody shouldn't have the self fully protected, it's someone in that trade. And even I overlooked it. I thought that day will never come. So I'm 29. I was fairly fit at the time. Um, and I thought, what's, what's, what's a month or two going to do? And then it happened. And presumably once things have been diagnosed, you couldn't yeah, yeah, right. sign it because it's a pre-existing no, no. condition then. And you... as, soon, as soon as anything has been investigated, you have to get the old clear from the investigation. Yeah. So that couldn't happen. And then also the knock-on for that, at the moment, I, the protection still doesn't fit my budget. So a couple of years back, I looked, and for £50,000 life, uh, life cover, it was about £400 a month. If you compare that to a fit person, it's about eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a uh, double whammy. Well, yeah, and, and this... This is the other thing as well with what people don't realise. So a lot of brokers, um, I've got like the additional protection qualification, um, which is part of like the IFA process, the RO5. Um, and what a lot of brokers do is they know critical illness is expensive. So what they do is they write policies in death or critical illness, whatever comes first. But if you then get a critical illness, you can't get life cover. And more and more people are surviving critical illnesses. Mm. So then what are you going to do? So, sorry, just get, you can't get life ever because effectively it's already been covered and then it's become null and void. Yeah, so basically people set policies up is life or critical illness, whichever happens first. Mm -hmm. So if well, as soon as you've got the critical illness payout, that, po that policy null effectively can come to an end. Yeah. And you need to reapply. Oh, so you can reapply for life insurance. Yeah, but you've got life cancer. Cover. But now you've got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've just recently had an heart attack. So, yeah. oh. Premiums go up and exclusions come in. And I've, I've had a, a, a client cancel three appointments and now he's just had a mini stroke. Hmm. So he's canceled three protection appointments because he was too busy. Now he's had a mini stroke. He can't get cover. He's the main breadwinner. If he now dies, his family's going to lose, the, lose their home. Mm. And I feel awful, but really, he's it's, it's had three appointments that he's physically cancelled because he was too busy or something was in the way. Mm. And he also he, he knew that he didn't have cover, and he knew that he'd be in a really bad position. Mm. But life gets in the way for him. Life gets in the way. Human nature doesn't react to things until... And we don't like to talk about it. No. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. What's the current uh, thing in the industry about COVID, the, the coronavirus itself? Is there... 
if someone's healthy and doesn't have the disease, are the policies out there thinking, well, it's a greater risk because it's more around and therefore making it harder, excluding it, or that kind of thing? Or they've, is it... they've, they've generally added sort of four questions into the um, application, which is around like, have you had to self-isolate because you've been showing symptoms? Are you showing symptoms? Have you had investigations for the symptoms? So they're the only sort of add-ons. Premium-wise, I haven't really seen a lot move, if I'm being honest. Um, I really, really haven't seen a lot move with regards to that. Um, but yeah, there's only just a few additional questions just to cover off. And I guess that's one of those things that short term it might go up, but then as they get on top of coronavirus, it'll come down. It just depends where you are in the cycle, but it sounds like it's yeah, not much on the cost as long as you're doing the right things. I was talking to a, a in in the Lakeside WhatsApp group, talking to a lady. Um, her clients just passed away of it, and his brother and father have also died directly linked to CB19. Mm. Luckily, um, that that client recovered, mm. and that's the good. That's the. That's the. It's not. It's not a, a good side. But it's having that peace of mind that, as an as a as an advisor, you take that paperwork on, you deal with the claim for the client, and the client knows that they don't have to worry about the mortgage payments. You don't have to worry about basically organising it, dealing with them. It's just one less stress to worry about. And I'm I'm hearing more similar more stories of that similar nature where it's not just one person. It's them and their family members as well. And there is a, there's, there's, there's not enough research on it, but there is sort of stuff around the genes of it. Yes. So the, the family's genes and the, basically the virus's genes that can affect more people than, than others. Yeah. Um, the director of Lakeside, he, he, he gets quite geeky around this sort of stuff and he's like obsessed with it. But he was saying there was, there was some sort of report that were like, like more than half people that have it aren't showing any symptoms. So they, they haven't worried, go out, and they could be next to someone who it affects. That's the scary thing with it, because who knows? If you get, if you get measles, you sort of know what measles look like. So yeah. you, you deal with it. But... It's gone from temperature to loss of taste to loss of smell to now there's like aches and pains to now there was something about sort of diarrhea that could be a sign. They just, the, the signals of it are just ever expanding because no one knows. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and I've heard tale, and I don't know how much is, you don't know how much is truth and how much is, uh, not conspiracy, but tittle tale, but I'm sure I've seen one medical report that they're saying there's, there's at least three strains of it. Yeah, and the, and that's why you're getting a range of different symptoms because it's a different strain that's coming through that you're getting, which yeah. obviously makes the ability to make a vaccine harder and the ability to spot it harder and so on. So, and, and like with the vaccines and the different strains, I'm sure I read something that sort of our flu jab, sort of like last year, was taken from strains from the year before. Mm. So obviously, in that 12 months, if there's different strains and it's sort of mutated or whatever word you want to use for it, 
You can still get flu even if you've had flu jab. Oh yeah, well, the, the, the flu jab process every year is a an educated guess. Yeah. About six months beforehand, they have to predict what they think is going to be the most likely virus that year and hope that they've got the right thing and that it matches. And if they get it right, then you protect a load of people. And if not, it does no good whatsoever. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's a huge amount of lottery and that's why a lot of people have the flu jab and then they get the flu and you know it's there is a it's broader than that when you've got something so specific as C19 then you need the really specific vaccine and others are a bit broader you can get something to at least protect some stuff around it because they've been used to that a bit more but it's still not an exact science because um, well, you're trying to predict the future so that's the, the, the nothing it's, else exactly. it's in it's um they can do things with it but so so what what are the key messages that you want to get across to people Blunt, bluntly trying to take a little bit of ownership and speak um the the lady diane were a prime example she got three policies she don't know what they for what they pay are if even relevant, but she's still paying the premiums and she's been meaning to look at them for two, three years. Having a conversation with an advisor around the financial review, which to a lot of people, depending on your demographics. So I grew up on a council estate in Sheffield. Um, I live not too far from a council estate. A lot of my sort of close friends and stuff are working class type people. So as soon as you start mention, mentioning financial review, you either think A, it's going to cost, or B, it sounds a bit asshole that. Really, it's just, if someone's been to the effort of buying a policy and putting it in place, do they know what it pays out? Mm. Do they know why they got it? And do they know if it's still fit for purpose? Mm. So that prime thing is when people have already got a policy. Yeah. So it's checking in the policy you've already got and making sure it's... And then on the, flip, on, on the flip side to that, people that haven't got a policy, do they know the exact position they would be in if the worst was to happen? And just like Wills, people mention it, but they don't actually look it on paper. So Mr. earning 40 grand a year, Mrs. earning 15 grand a year, what happens if Mr. goes? Would you be able to pay the mortgage? Is there enough equity in that house to allow you to move to another property? Would you move up? Would you have to move out of the catchment area for the school, which is why you move there? Would you have to move away from your children's friends? Would you still be able to get to work? If you've got savings, how much have you got? How long would they last? Do you know? Stuff like that. And then on the flip side, if Mrs. that's only in, say 15,000 but looks after the kids, can Mr. afford to look after the children? Can he dedicate the time? If he can't, because he needs to keep his 40,000 salary, is, is he going to be able to afford the childcare? How's that going to look? They do say, the, the, last, the last time I saw a study of it, the, they said a homemaker, whether that male or female, someone that basically looks after the children, keeps them under the, is roughly worth around about 20,000 to that household. So although she don't, they don't physically bring in any money on paper, they are worth around about that, that amount. 
So it's not just looking at, right, well, they're the breadwinner. We need to protect them. But if something happens to the other side, would he still be able to be the breadwinner? And it's just, it's getting people to think and just have a look on paper. There's nothing better from my point of view if I go out and do a review with someone and basically say, right, if Mr. dies or Mrs. dies, oh yeah, that's fine. That wouldn't affect you. That's manageable. If they got a critical illness, that's manageable. You know, little things like that. It's just getting someone to actually see it in the cold light of day. They probably might not do anything about it, <laughs> but at least you can. I can sit in my own eyes and go, if you don't want to do anything about it, that's completely different to not knowing. Yeah, we're having lots of conversation with people at the moment, and it's around the concept of choice, and uh, even down into how we react in our mood and what we do and what we do on a day-to-day basis. But it's getting out of if if we know what the facts are. And we know what the situation is, we understand that, then we can choose what we do and we can take action that, on it. That's the ideal thing. It, it's the not leaving it to chance for half an hour, an hour tops or so on to time to say, look, if this happened, what would you think about that? And you do play devil's advocate in basically explaining situations that could arise, but that's what you're there for to throw the swerve ball in, to say, have you considered, yeah, you're in, earning 40 grand now, but if your wife goes, who's going to look after the kids? Oh, my oh, mum my will look after them. Right, well, how old's your kid? Three, how old's your mum? 60. All right, so at 65, what helps she in? Is it actually viable to do? And if the answer is yes, that's fine. But it's just, it's just putting a different question in rather than just thinking, Oh, my mum will look after them. Okay. And then, then there's, the, then there's the, the corny stuff. So have you got pet insurance? Yeah. Have you in, is your iPhone insured? Yeah. Are you insured? No. Right, so you clash, so you clash your iPhone and your dog more than you, you protect them more than you protect your own family. Yeah. If you're not oh, the not people that do. If you're not there, you can't feed the dog and the iPhone doesn't work, so. If you've got a cash machine at the bottom of your garden, would you insure it? Yeah, of course I would. If it spit out money each month, would you insure it? Yes, I would. Would you keep it up to date and, and looked after? Yeah, yeah, of course. So why don't you do it to yourself? Because effectively, you're your own cash machine. Because if you don't work, you get no money. Mm-hmm. And the like, the really corny analogies and stuff like that that Sometimes some, it, it, it doesn't hit all with clients until you put it like that. I don't always like to use them, but it sort of drills down that when you have a conversation with someone and if they're getting it, it's all right. And then you have to take it sort of a step further and, and then an even step further that you don't want to make them feel bad, but it's a realisation of going through a bank statement and seeing pet plan, £14 iPhone, £7, washing machine, £3 a month, laptop, TV, all insured, and you're not. <laughs> Does that make you think or anything? I don't want to make you feel daft or want my, don't want to make you feel bad, but it's a realisation that 
we forget how important we are to his family. We just give families, families, are, it's like a given until something happens. Mm. And then it's what now? And that's what, that's what I really want to try and avoid for people. Mm. And, and there's nothing, there's not, but automatically people assume that you're trying to sell something. Me personally, I couldn't care if they've got their own advisor. I'm, I'm, I'm not after selling. My message is to speak to someone, a professional. It's like there's a load of, on TV at the moment. There's the Beagle Street. You might have seen the adverts with like Tony Bellew and Razor Ruddock for Tom Insurance, saying dads, uh, are your kids protected, that sort of stuff. They, they pop up on Facebook all the time. Um, and it's basically, it, it's appealing to that cheapness. Now, protection fits a budget. It's not a, you must take this, but in, in my eyes, 10% of something's better than 100% of nothing. Yeah. And if your budget can fit 15%, then it, so be it. It's not, but a lot of the marketing and media is around. They put insu life insurance in the same bracket as the meerkat or the Pavarotti look-alike. It's not about cheapness. It's a it's a protection policy, not an insurance. But marketing and clever marketing is trying to drive that price down to make it rounder costing. And people, the, um, I know that the, the rules change relatively recently. Is, is there a cost to actually sit down with a financial advisor and just go through the process for protection? Protection, yeah. I don't know about anybody else. I don't. I don't charge for any free review. So I look at your mortgage, look at the will situation, look at your protection, completely free. And even if I did protection, don't charge for protection. I, there's very, very few clients, there's very, very few protect, uh, advisors that do. And I'm almost certain that you're not supposed to or not allowed to charge for protection yeah. advice. Because it's the, it's the full investment advice, that's where you've got to actually... Yeah, that, that's where it is. Yeah. But protection is completely free. Um, and, well... In terms of the advice. <laughs> Sorry? In terms of the advice. Obviously yeah, in terms of the advice. It's, policy, but yeah. it's completely free. Mm. Whether you take it or not, it's still free. But I wouldn't... I couldn't get my head around anybody that would not want to do a protection review or a, finan a financial review for the client unless there's, there's brokers that won't do it unless there's something in it for them. Mm. But to me, I think that's very unethical. It doesn't fit. Pearson Financial Services was created ideally. Um, I wanted to bring an old-fashioned an old-fashioned family business type and an old-fashioned theme of trust and doing the best for the client. And I still stick by if you do the right thing for your client, you will earn anyway. Because just like yourself, it, I sorted that out for you. It didn't, it wasn't major for me. And it it shows you in the good light and you've, you're a good natured broker. So it will put a positive impression in your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you spoke to someone, you might mention my name. Rather than the, but there's brokers to do what I do for you, did for you, they will charge a standard 99 pounds. 
You press three buttons. There's no compliance involved. Why on earth would you do it? I don't know. But again, everybody's different. Yeah. And and do you think that the current situation with the increase in the virus and all this sort of stuff does that make it? Um, is that just 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 bring it home that it's more important now that the, the, the threat's there, or is there any other deeper reasons why people should be looking at things now? They should be looking at it from the start. Um, but I think this might kickstart a lot of the nation to look a little bit more. To look and look at the what ifs. Because the, the, the strange thing the strange thing is, and it's down to people's mentality, but I think it's more of a in America, they have to have protection because they haven't got the NHS. Yes. So they're used to dealing with talking about um, medical protection, life insurance, this sort of stuff. We don't over here, so it doesn't get talked about. I have a, I have a client whose brother passed away. It was 30, 32. Um, and he still didn't have enough time for a protection review sort of three months later. Now, it's not that he didn't want to talk about it. It's just that he found other things more important. Mm. So I think it's more of a mentality thing. Mm. But I think it sounds harsh, but I think a mass suffering of quite a few people that you know will maybe click with a lot more people. Because we all know, unfortunately, each year we have someone that we know or or know of pass away and then there might be the horror story of oh they've got no life insurance wife suffered da, 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 da. and at that moment in time you go oh, i need to make sure mine's all right but then you remember remember you're playing golf the next day and then you go on holiday and then it gets pushed back but i think or i hope that because people are going to be reminded by it a lot more that it might twigging people's minds that what what happens at the aftermath is massive. Yeah. Because it's because I mean we're what's the phrase unprecedented times that keeps getting used. The amount of support that is coming out for everybody at the moment is quite incredible if you think about it. It's it's massive. It's yeah and, and we're gonna it's a debt that we're gonna have to pay off over time but actually there's a lot of countries where that's not even an option. But what you're talking about is when someone passes away, that and in a normal running situation or otherwise, that support's not going to be there, is it? No. When if you lose a job, there's support for you. If you get ill, there's support for you. But if you die, that's it. There isn't anything yeah. for anybody who's left. And to be honest with you, the, the changes over the past probably five years to quite a lot of things are unprecedented. So, for instance... Um, the bereavement, the help for the bereaved that you used to get from the government was a maximum of 20,900 and something. That's now reduced to a maximum of 9,500 and something. There was the um, mortgage interest support that used to be 13 weeks is now 39. Yeah. And if one of you working on a joint policy, you do not get it. So that again, if one of you, if you're... So you have to be both not working so if you and your wife had a joint, joint mortgage you could not apply for the mortgage 
support interest part because one of you is working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still can't, you still can't actually apply for it now until 39 weeks or 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24. You sort of near enough eight, nine months in. Yeah. You could have been, you could have missed nine mortgage payments and be stressing yourself out even more while you're trying to deal with cancer. Or, or worse still, you've got a partner that's trying to deal with cancer, so he can't do anything. You're trying to deal with the kids, the bills, work, everything else, and you're getting no support. You don't want to tell your partner because, well, they're going through cancer. They, want, they don't need the extra stress. Yeah. But then think about it selfishly. Imagine the stress you're going to be under. You're going to work, you've got to sort kids out, then you're going to work, then you're going up to hospital, and then you're coming home. And then you're doing that, and bills are getting missed. And imagine your mental state if that were, if you were in that position. Mm. Which is going to have a knock-on impact to the children, because they're going to absorb the stress of the parent and becomes a... And everything. Ongoing cycle. Mm. It is. and But it can all be avoided or... It can all be made easier by just expanding the mind a little bit and just letting, just having a chat with someone and not doing it. It's like the worst thing, like the, the common things that I get asked are how much do people pay for protection? Well, it's, it's personal to you. How much do I want to spend on it? Again, it's your circumstances, not, not others. And the amount of people that have took insurance, they went, my, my, advice, my last advisor told me that I need to have it. So do you know why you've got it? No idea. But I, it's the norm for someone to react like that than to be able to tell me what they've got and why they've got it and at what level they set it for. Mm. So people think that if they don't know, they might be a little bit daft or a little bit, I know this is important, but I haven't sorted it out, so I'll just gloss over it because I don't want to appear silly. But they're in they're, they're the normal category. Yeah. If someone's got it, they're the odd ones because it's not it's not known. Yeah. And that but it's that it's that fear, isn't it? It's that fear of either making yourself look daft or same with sort of financial advice. So people see the word financial advice and imagine a cheap pinstripe suit, a briefcase, shiny shoes, tie, and it, it can be overwhelming. And they don't want to say, oh, I had a missed payment or everybody's missed a payment. I don't, I don't know one person, oh, I'll probably do, that with, if they've lived 40 years, they've not ever missed a payment or ever had a late payment or... But it, it seems like that massive stigma attached to it. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and that's that's the whole message which I try and promote. You know, we, we have so much attachment and issues around money as a thing that it causes all these traps and problems and issues. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's why I want to change it. <laughs> and that's it. And, and that's why I want to speak to everybody 
and anybody to just give to try and empower them to take to take control it's it's not what a bank says that you need to do or it's not what an advisor says that you've got to do or it's not that it's yours it's your finances for your family for your life so the there are there are companies and there are banks and they can make it feel very laborious very hard work what i what i did for you if you would have gone to nationwide it would probably took you two hours mm. you should have to go through a full call with nationwide with let's face it someone that's sat in a call center that doesn't they don't have to do that job and it's not a bad job because i've done it myself but they only know that but you've got to go through like two hours <laughs> Yeah, we, had, we had a quick chat, a couple of emails, job done. Exactly. <laughs> so, but because people are people are used to going to the bank and seeing how they work it, the ultimate they've got a preconception that oh, it's going to be hours. And I, I make it quite obvious to people that when I speak to them, I don't do death by paperwork. You don't want me sat in your front room for three hours on end, and with all due respect, I don't want to sit there for three hours on end. So, and it's current climate, you can't. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So if if we can do it in a very easy way, then let's do it that way. Why make life's hard enough? So why do we need to make it any harder? I think it's a uh, it, it's it's human nature uh, to not think about the worst, um, and it's also human nature when we're in stress situation just to focus on the thing right in front of us. But I think your message is. <laughs> very relevant, very um, timely, that we do need to step back from that and think about the bigger picture. What happens if, what situate, what do we need to do if something does happen? Because we, we are being reminded now about um, what could happen. It becomes much more realistic and much more um, relevant. And um, hopefully we can get a lot more people taking that on board and talking to somebody. And that's all it counts, isn't it? And, and just across the board, it, it's it's not a, a class thing financial advice and this is really thing that I, I, I don't like about or want to change people's perception everybody thinks it's a class thing so uh, middle class people take financial advice no they don't my dad were a bin man my mum worked in a shop um my dad got in awful debt we nearly lost everything because he was too embarrassed to speak and he took loan upon loan didn't speak to my mum they nearly divorced over it um, and he felt embarrassed to speak to someone and take advice because he thought he, would, he sent a little bit thick, basically. And it's not. People, a lot, a lot of people, financial services is for everyone. If you've got a mortgage, if you've got a family, it's all financial services, but it's breaking down this perception that wealthy people have financial advice and it costs hundreds. And it, it just doesn't. It doesn't at all. And, and that's the... That's the that's that's the nicest thing from a from a personal point of view in a bad situation when you know that this is awful and the wife or husband doesn't have to worry because the mortgage will be paid off. There's going to be enough initial funds. They don't have to worry about childcare. They don't have to worry that they haven't got a will. And to be fair, a lot of the time children can go into care until they've done the background checks on the family member and 
all that sort of stuff because you know that that it's all taken care of. So they can just concentrate on grieving and trying to get the, the life back on track. My key, my key point to speak for, that I want people to take from anything is just to, to try and speak to people. Um, speak to people and just find out. I, I feel that if we are prepared and we know the worst case scenario and we can deal with that, then life will be life will be a little bit easier. Life's hard enough. So let's let's try and avoid difficult situations if we can. Just by having a simple chat with an advisor or myself or anybody that you you sort of wanting to find out information from. Brilliant. And if somebody did want to speak to you, what's the best way of them getting in touch with you? Um, they can either contact me through, I, we have a Facebook business page, which is Pearson FS. And they can contact me by email, which is Matthew at PearsonFS.co.uk. Um, or you are more than welcome to give me a call. 07854 091143. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thank you. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle.